to the Reagan Red Zone. We're thrilled you've joined us today, and we're really excited to have with us three guests from the Reagan team. With me today are Bobby Reagan, Brian Dietz, and Brian McNeely. Some real heavy hitters when it comes to the insurance industry and the consulting space. Guys, I did some quick math. You know I'm a big math guy. There is 83 years of insurance experience and consulting to brokers and agents around the country sitting here at this table today. 83 years. We are uh, very excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Great to be here. Guys, we are six weeks into 2024. We have just finished up our Q4 2023 GPS results, which we're gonna talk about in a second. We wanna hit on some, some key highlights today, talk about the trends impacting brokers the most, and make some observations on the year ahead. But we also wanna help our listeners turn these metrics into action, help them continue to win in the marketplace and perform at the highest level possible. As a quick backdrop and a reminder to our listeners, our firm have for 15 years has been tracking industry performance, specifically organic growth and profitability. Every quarter we collect data through something we call the Growth and Profitability Survey, GPS. GPS gives you a real-time look at the key drivers of value creation, but essentially it measures your firm's performance and compares it against the best of the best in the industry. So with that as a backdrop, guys, let's kick off here. I thought I'd start by teeing up what I think are the top five headlines as we started 2024. Number one, double-digit organic growth continues. Number two, agency profitability continues to set records. Number three, agency ownership returns are at an all-time high. It's been a very good time to be in the insurance brokerage space. Number four, valuations remain high and holding. And number five, on the M&A front, everyone's favorite topic, last year saw a decline in the number of deals. But what can we expect coming this year? So we're going to talk about a number of these topics today. And uh, with that, let's dive right in. I'm going to start with you, McNeely. Before we look ahead at 2024, what stands out to you from 2023? Yeah, thanks, Webb. You know, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, the headline is, it was the highest organic growth and profitability on record. Organic growth was 10.3%. That was slightly higher than the previous record, 2022, that was 10.2%. When you peel back the layers a little bit, you know, looking at personal line or commercial lines, it was up 10.9%. Uh, personal lines was up 10.3%. And employee benefits was up 6.5%. Uh, given the growth that uh, brokers have experienced that translated into margin uh, increases and improvements where it was the highest level ever at 23.8%. So combining the organic growth and the profitability, uh, the rule of 20 score uh, was 228 uh, for 2023. Um, so I think the question is, was 2023 the greatest year on record for agents and brokers? I think the data might indicate it was which is pretty phenomenal. What do you guys think about that? I mean, it has to be. And, and it, I think it's important to note that it's not without a lot of work, right? I mean, agents and brokers with the market the way it is are having to remarket a lot of policies. Um, so it's not like folks are out there just, just kind of riding this along without effort. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of effort involved. However, you can't argue with those kinds of results and those kinds of returns. 
Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. And, and when you consider the fact that those are median results and uh, half the firms did even better than that, it's pretty phenomenal. We'll talk about that more later in this session. Yeah, I thought we'd spend a little time uh, talking about two lines in particular, looking at personal lines and employee benefits. Uh, not to overlook commercial lines because it is a big piece of uh, most brokers' businesses, but the story there is kind of the same it's been for the past few quarters. It's the, largely the tailwinds that uh, brokers are feeling from the economy and the rate environment are continuing to drive commercial lines. But let's talk about personal lines. Uh, it was up 10.3%. Uh, historically, that's roughly four to five times the historical levels. Uh, and that's largely being driven by rate increases. Um, when you look at the two primary lines uh, that are within the personal lines category, uh, the first is homeowners. Uh, there's been a rapid increase in rebuilding replacement cost, building and replacement costs given by the inflation we've experienced. Uh, there continue to be natural disasters, specifically hurricanes. Uh, that have impacted the coast and that's resulted in some insurers leaving coastal areas and, and there's just lack of uh, capacity in, in many of those areas and, and rates are up. Also, you've got uh, auto insurance, um, you know, several drivers there. I think the one that's probably most uh, evident, but I'm not sure people think about totally, is the cost uh, associated with driving are higher. I mean, Deeds think about wrecking a Tesla versus your, versus your 1984 Volvo. <laughs> different, different equation. Different <laughs> equation. <laughs> there, there are no thousand-dollar fender benders anymore. Uh, I think there would there are more cars on the road, which means more accidents. Uh, auto theft has surged. Uh, natural disasters. Uh, we talked about those impacting homeowners, but uh, they can't overlook that they also typically take out cars as well as the homes. Uh, and last but not least, which is a bit of a Pandora's box, uh, is the size of awards associated with various litigation that's taking place. Um, so that's that's kind of the view on personal lines, which used to be totally overlooked, but now uh, is driving uh, both material growth and profitability for brokers. So, yeah. so what you just explained there, uh, are we going to see any near-term change to that? When you talk about more cars on the road, more expensive cars, um, that's probably not changing. But when you think about carriers in and out of certain markets, how do you, what are we going to see going forward here? Yeah, I don't think we see any material changes in the rate environment. Um, the coastal exposures are, are still existent. Last year, we didn't have a ton of hurricanes, but uh, the year before, there were quite a number. So uh, carriers are still reeling from that. Uh, the cost of vehicles certainly aren't uh, getting any cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so I think we continue these these high levels, and I think people agents workers begin to focus perhaps more on personal lines versus where they historically discarded and some people even divested of it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to think back 10 or 15 years ago when a lot of agents were thinking about spending it out. And now it's an appealing area and particularly the high net worth um, kind of personal lines practice is very attractive, very appealing, very complimentary to the rest of uh, these, these folks' business. Yeah. But the one I really wanted to highlight was um, uh, employee benefits. That was uh, up 6.5%. That's the highest uh, growth we've experienced since 2018. 
if you kind of peel back the data there, premiums uh, for health insurance were up 6.7% in 2023. That's almost a six times uh, increase in the rates that were experienced in 2022. Uh, uh, the main story here uh, is employers are starting to feel the pain of employee benefits uh, that were we all talked about at length and was the hot political topic uh, just a few years ago. The, the horror stories of 20 to 30 percent increases are back uh, and I'm being told by several of my clients that employers are really beginning to look around because that's where the pain's being felt so it's felt so they're looking for uh, different alternatives um, so I think employee benefits uh, becomes a hot button again uh, so much to the uh, effect that I think next year when we're sitting here that'll be the lead story uh, the, the costs that have risen so dramatically the political hot button has become again and they'll emerge some political discussion around senior single payer and all this stuff around healthcare that we had just a few years ago. Yeah, that's, that's, go ahead, Bobby. Yeah, excuse me, Brian. Um, it, it's interesting to uh, contrasting commercial lines and employee benefits and seeing 6.5 versus 10.9% organic growth rate affecting both. But as we know, uh, Brian, we talked about this earlier uh, with uh, employee benefits, a lot of the health insurance on per employee per month, where we think thinking 50% uh, yeah. perhaps of the compensation. A lot of that uh, rate doesn't find its way into compensation. It, uh, and so it's moderated and perhaps that's one of the reasons we haven't seen the kind of growth in uh, health insurance, employee benefits that we have in commercial lines. But a good time for a potential change in the in the direction here. We you know we've had four years of increasing benefits growth, but really for the last three or four years, benefits has been the the the, the slowest growth line certainly was in 2023, and the least profitable line of business out of commercial lines PNC, personal lines PNC, and benefits. So the beauty of a multi-line agency is if we're at a point in the cycle now where there starts to be a little more pressure on the, the commercial side of the business if we get less acceleration in rate, potentially it is employee benefits to the rescue in, in 2024 and beyond. Exactly, but you heard it here first, lead story in 2025, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One more thing I just want to comment on when we think about the, the growth in 2023 and thinking about it in the future is just the, the, the relationship between sales velocity and organic growth. And sales velocity, of course, is, is, is the measure of new business. It's the, the, the amount of new business you write over your, your, your expiring commission base. And consistently in the GPS survey, we see sales velocity at between, really it's between 11 and 12, 11 and 13%. And you have organic growth averaging maybe five or six. So you've got this relationship of two to one. You got organic growth times two is sales velocity. So you've got to kind of double your, your organic growth and sales velocity to get to industry average growth. But in 2023, we had organic growth of 10 plus and sales velocity between 11 and 12. We're almost at a one-to-one -one level between organic growth and sales velocity. And so what that means is that agents and brokers aren't, aren't growing faster because they're writing more new business. Agents and brokers are growing faster because they're, 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 they're working harder and riding rate on, um, on their current books. And so what's gonna happen if that rate environment 
tends to, to, to shrink a little bit or, or just not accelerate as fast is that the folks that are, that are writing new business and that are outperforming in sales velocity are the ones that are going to keep up with, with organic growth. And other firms are, are going to struggle. We're going to see a, 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 we're going to see some firms peel back in organic growth if they're not able to write a bunch of new. Great. Good input so far. Bobby, we're going to shift to you now. We talked about where we've been. Let's talk about where we're heading. What's driving some of the projections that you're seeing in 2024? The results obviously are pretty high, but what do you expect over the next 12 months? Thanks, Webb. Yeah, it's important stuff. Um, you know, everybody in the industry budgets based on projections for what's going to happen uh, in the year ahead, years ahead. A lot of investments are being made within firms. Uh, acquisitions are being made, driven by expected growth. So it's an important number. Uh, in the GPS, uh, the firms in this, uh, as they ended 2023, the median firm projected organic growth is going to be at 10%. <clears throat> Probably not a bad level, considering it's 10.3 in 23, 10.2 in 22. Uh, and it was curious, I, I decided to go back and look because I was curious as to how accurate we can really uh, gauge those projections. And over the 12 years that we've done GPS, um, taking the average projection and the average actual results is only off two-tenths of one percent. But what we saw is that on given years, uh, the projections have been high and low, as high as three points. Uh, too high and, and almost an equivalent amount too low. So you can't base it totally on those projections. They certainly have some validity. Uh, but we have to look at the, the factors, as Brian, you talked about, that are driving the organic growth, the economy, rate, account retention, new business. You know, those first two, they affect everybody, not necessarily equally, different parts of the country. The economy is going to be a bit different, uh, rate affected by different parts uh, of a book of business or coastal or not coastal. Uh, but um, we've got an economy that we're not apparently going to have a recession, but it doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be robust. Um, we've got rate that it looks like it's moderating. Um, we're seeing some results from insurance carriers that would suggest that maybe the rate's going to moderate. Uh, but the real difference maker between firms is going to be in account retention and new business. Uh, that's what's going to set folks apart. And we see some big differences um, where we talk about median results, which is great. Uh, it's kind of the midpoint. If we looked at GPS for 2023, the top 25% performers grew at over 14.2% or higher. And that's pretty impressive. Those are amazing results. And I think that's being accomplished because they've got healthy books of business. They're getting great account retention. They're getting great rate. Uh, I don't think anybody denies that. Uh, but on the new business front, they, uh, they are making investments uh, in the producers that are bringing folks on. They're doing a good job of retaining people. That's a bit more of a challenge with lift outs and folks being more uh, mobile and uh, with remote working. Uh, but uh, it, it's exciting to see those kind of results being achieved. But if we go back to the median results and all factors, looking at economy, rate, account retention, new business, if I had to guess uh, in 2024, I would think the 10% median projected results is a bit high. 
Uh, I would guess that we're going to see results at uh, probably eight and a half to nine percent organic growth, and a lot of that's going to be because rates coming back. Uh, let me throw it out to you guys. Now, as I do, see if y'all agree with me or not, uh, please understand that of the 83 years of experience that Webb mentioned, uh, I generated 60% of those. So, uh, uh, contradict me with caution. <laughs> agree to disagree oh, with Bob. wise one. <laughs> disagree at your own peril. There you go. Who wants to uh, take a side on that? Well, I'll, 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 I'll go first. and. Despite the warnings here, um, I, 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 I may disagree, but only slightly. I probably, Bobby, put a little more credence in the broker projections. Um, I think they've actually been pretty good. If you look at the, the data you were mentioning, they've actually been conservative the last three years. The big year that they missed where they were off by by between two and a half and three percent was the COVID year. And they've of course made their growth projections in in, in January, February, COVID hit in March, and so there's there I think there's an understandable disconnect that year between projections and reality. Um, so I, I, th I think that the brokers are pretty good. I, I do hear I do, I do hear you on rate pressure, um, but it's it it is a little bit of a mixed bag. There are some lines of, of business that are that are still seeing pretty healthy increases, um, and so I, I tend to, to to think that we'll see double digits again. Um, I also think, particularly in the in the retail market, there the the rate environment probably doesn't hit retailers as fast as as wholesalers, and so um, I'm gonna kind of take. The over on the eight and a half and nine percent. I think we'll. I think we'll see um, another double-digit year at least in 24, but maybe not beyond. Matt, yeah. he's just going to surprise you, but I disagree. <laughs> After 20 years, it is not surprising. <laughs> uh, so, if you look at both, I looked at Chubb and AIG, and their combined ratios that they just reported were in the upper 80s. Uh, interestingly, they were in the upper 80s in uh, the previous year, 2022. So I hear your comment about uh, it hits the brokers later. I think we're about to start here. Start hitting the brokers later is this year. Hmm. Um, so these guys are making an underwriting profit, and they're going to start seeing uh, the competitive landscape that they operate in. You're going to see a lowering of rates for them to take market share where they want to take share. Uh, and therefore, the rates are going down across the board, in my opinion. And you stated earlier that a big driver of the organic growth is primarily the rates. So it's only naturally going to impact organic growth, um, which will be interesting to see because it's like the industry's forgot what a soft market was. We lived in it forever, but now it's uh, it's going to happen again. It's just a matter of when. I don't think the market's going to be a soft market, but it is going to soften. Right. So, 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 do you think though? I guess what you're saying is. You know, going back to the earlier segment where we're talking about benefits and, and that employee benefits growth is going to be the story when we sit here a year from now. I guess what you're saying is 
That may be true, but it won't be enough to offset a deteriorating rate environment on the PNC side of the business. Correct. And you know, 60 to 70 percent of most brokers are commercial PNC, so it's just not going to be the benefits is not going to overtake that. Yeah, and you know, too, as, as far as my projection, um, you may cast me as a pessimist uh, at eight and a half to nine percent. Those, uh, if that is achieved would be the third best year achieved in the last 12, um, considering that the average of the last 12 years has been a little over 6% organic growth. We've got kind of gotten used to these high levels right. of growth and to have it fall back some, I don't think it'd be surprising. I look forward to uh, getting the GPS uh, first quarter results just to see what we are actually seeing because I think it's going to tell us a lot and certainly encourage folks to participate so you can get your data in there and get your numbers compared to the industry. But it's going to be quite interesting, I think, to see where it actually is headed and what we can expect for the rest of the year. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. You know, if we end up at eight and a half and nine percent, it's sort of like being dissatisfied with a triple when you come up to yeah. bat. That's a that's a fantastic result. Um, I, you know, I, I do still think we, we might see a little bit higher. Um, but either way, whether we're at eight or nine or ten, we're looking at another really strong financial and value creation performance year for brokers in 2024. Yeah, and I would, just to wrap that up, I would always lean to that side of it. Not only am I an optimist, but I, I know without a doubt that all of our clients are special snowflakes. They will all figure it out. They are very, very adept at surviving any market that's out there. And so whether it's the economy or rate or inflation, to me, top performing firms are always going to continue to grow and make really informed decisions and be successful. So I'm always going to lean and make a bet on the side of our, our clients to figure that out. So, you know, with that, let's move into the third topic here, which is M&A. Deeds, I'm throwing it to you on this one. Sure. What does all this mean for M&A as you think about some of the converging factors in the marketplace right now? Yeah, I think the bottom line is that 2024 is going to be a big year for M&A. We've had a strange thing happen given the frothy M&A market for insurance distribution in the last several years is that we had a declining year in 2022 um, and a declining year in 2023. And deals are off almost 40% from the peak of almost 1,000 deals announced in 2021. Um, and that's kind of the headline. Um, but I think the headline's a little bit misleading. I don't think think that that decline in deal activity represents a change in the market dynamics and in the pace of consolidation in our industry. I think it represents really a, a, a temporary reaction to the interest rate hikes that we saw in 2022 and 2023. And we had buyers materially reduce deal activity in 23 as a result of those interest rate hikes and, and, and very active buyers. Buyers that were um, both doing a lot of deals and that were highly levered. And with that combination, as the price of that debt and the ability to go out and get more of it became more challenging, the answer was, let's just pull back on the deal activity. And, and, and you know, one, one example of that is PCF. They announced 43 deals in 2022, um, and then only two in 2023. But they are back and trying to enter the market, raising capital uh, twice in 2023. The list of folks that, that, that raised capital in 2023 is long. Um, 
Keystone in January of 24, Inzone in November of 23, Patriot as well, um, and, and, and others in the second half of 2023. And it seems that buyers are regrouping and reloading in preparation for a really active deal year in 2024. You know, what is interesting too, uh, Deets, is as we look at the drop in the number of transactions last year, you would assume that perhaps valuations also dropped. That kind of went parallel with it. But as we talk about the GPS results and great earnings result, record earnings result, record organic growth, um, in fact, we did not see valuations for quality acquisitions go down. Uh, they stayed strong. Um, and in many respects strong as in some others stronger than we've seen in the past. And I guess what we did see though, did we not, that if it was not a growing agency, if they had low organic growth, they were gonna get hit on value. Uh, there was a pullback to sensibilities of we're gonna pay for quality, uh, but for the best acquisitions, uh, it was, uh, values have stayed high. Yeah, and I think that's one of the key pieces of evidence for the fact that the, that the demand in the marketplace really isn't changing. Yeah. We had a few less players in 2023 that were exercising on that demand, but for the folks that were still in the market, um, the price of entry remains high, like you said, especially for the, the, the growing, large sales culture um, driven firms. Yeah. Mac, what, what impact will the Fed and interest rates have on all this? Yeah. So I was about to say, Pete, I agree with you partially. Whoa. Partially. Partially. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, it, there could be an increase provided a couple things happen uh, for sure. Uh, one, the economy stays where it is, which I think we're more uh, optimistic about the economy than we were two to three, two to three months ago. Uh, but I think the most important driver, as we've seen recently, is interest rates. I think your prediction is true as long as we see interest rates receding some. Don't know, and the Fed's kind of hard to figure out. We were supposed to have something in the first quarter reduction. It didn't happen. Now it's going to be the summer. Who knows what happens between now and then. So maybe is how I would say if it comes back fully. Yeah, and I, and I think that the, let's say there are no cuts. Um, if there are no cuts, I think buyers are still left with a choice. And you can sit on the sidelines and, and, and miss you know, this chapter or, or the 2023 chapter and the 2024 chapter of consolidation. Or you can get in the game at rates, by the way, which aren't historically massive. Um, and, and there are going to be deals that happen. And so I think buyers have to choose what's right for them. Is it so expensive from a rate perspective that it's worth missing out on opportunities for 12, 18, 24 months um, while their competitors gather steam in a mass scale? Or is this just sort of a cost of doing business? And if they're going to be one of the players that 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 is is able to gain scale and able to maintain a position of leadership in the industry, maybe they've got to play even at slightly higher rates than our ideal. You know, there is one other variable we haven't talked about in 24 that could have an impact, and that's this is an election year. 
you know, we got a lot of crazy stuff going on, a lot of uncertainty about uh, who's going to be running, or maybe we don't have uncertainty, but uh, as far as who's there and what we end up with and how the economy responds to that, and the decisions that will come out of whoever does win could be dramatically different and could affect, I think, some of the activity as well. It'd be interesting to see. Great. Good discussion. We're going to finish off here, guys, with our two-minute drill and try to punch this conversation into the end zone. Got a real simple question. Uh, same question goes for all three of you, so happy to take the answers as they come. If you were running an agency today, you were the CEO of an agency, what are you going to do with all this? What are you doing with your recent growth, with your recent profitability? Where are you focused? Where are you making investments? Where are you doubling down? You know, what are you compelled to focus on to make sure that your agency prospers no matter what comes out throughout the year in 2024? Deets? Yeah, I'll go first. Producer recruiting with with potentially the organic growth tailwinds slowing. I think agents and brokers are wise to make producer recruiting a core competency. And if you're great at that and you can attract and retain talent, your odds of maintaining sales velocity and organic growth improve dramatically. Great. Bobby? Yeah, I'd I'd hitchhike on the producer recruiting and I'd say with the producers you have, the new ones in particular, but all of them, I'd continue to focus on specialization. We have continually seen that the fastest growing producers, their books, the fastest growing agencies are not generalists. They find that they, when they specialize, they can get really good uh, at those areas of specialization, not necessarily one, but hopefully a diversified number of areas of specialization. And by doing a lot of it, uh, they have higher hit ratios, better retention rates, they are more profitable, and they broaden their marketing territory because they've got expertise in that industry and they can go regionally or nationally on that. So I think specialization needs to be a focus. You're missing it if you're not. Uh, need to be the discipline of particularly young producers getting them involved in some niches, some verticals, uh, so they can get up to speed faster. All right, Mac? A little bit different take. I'm going to go with geographic expansion. Uh, Clearly, just given some of the uh, political and economic changes, there's going to be some geographies that are winners and some that are going to be losers. Uh, I believe that you have to have a brick-and-mortar presence in, in the markets you are competing in. Uh, so I think that'll be incredibly important uh, to do ge- geographical to expanding areas, but kind of tied into what these guys said, um, by expanding ge- geographically, you also expand your talent pool, which could help with uh, both of the issues that they reference. So kind of tied together, but also kind of different. Great. Guys, great discussion. Thank you for the time. If, if you were keeping score at home, a couple firsts in Reagan history today. One, we turned Bobby into a pessimist. And two, <laughs> and two Mac and Dietz agreed with each other. Partially. So, partially. This is a big de- partial. <laughs> See, they're not even willing to admit it now. But uh, look, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. Uh, if you do not participate in GPS and you would like to, uh, it's free. We'd love to have you participate. So please reach out to us. We'd love to have you join the survey uh, as we move in, in throughout the year. Uh, With that, guys, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I enjoyed it.